welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you, and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we will be talking about Petra's Planet, A Girl Like Her, Blacks in Latin America, and 1001 Nights. Right now we're going to talk about 1001 Nights, which is a TV show with Clayton. How are you doing, Clayton? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. So can you tell us a little bit about 1001 Nights? It is uh, playfully exciting, and it keeps it fun for young kids. It's I actually am 15, and I actually really liked it, so it, that's really cool. And what is the story kind of of it? It's about uh, a porter named Sidbad who comes to the palace and accidentally drops all the fruit in front of the queen. And the queen just asks him if he's okay, and he tells her that he hates his job. And then she goes on random rambling about this really amazing, cool story about another man named Sinbad who started out as a poor fellow but became rich due to perseverance and intelligence. Hmm. And what do you think of this story? Do you think it's unique or do you think it's kind of been done before? I think if it's been done before but in a different way. So I sort of feel like it's unique in its own way. And what do you mean in a different way? Can you elaborate? Like there's many different types of ways of Sinbad. Like many people have done Sinbad, but not in this way. I see. And what do you think of the directing of it? I think well, the directing was pretty good. It, uh, I just didn't like the animation style. And what about the animation style did you not like? It was just flat and uh, sort of uninspiring. Hmm, I see. And does that mean the camera angles were pretty bland, too? A little bit, yeah. Hmm, well. And uh, kind of editing-wise, how do you think they did, like, chopping up the episodes? I think they did that really well. Hmm. I really like that. Was there any cliffhangers you liked? Um, yeah, there was some, but I don't remember any cliffhangers, but I know there was some. That's fine. And do you have a favorite scene? Favorite scene? Uh, yes. When, uh, let me, uh, when a lot, the, what's his name? When Sinbad was going through this ravine... And he was running, being, like, goofy like he is. And this big serpent just started chasing him. And there was, like, a lot of jewels and everything, like, on his uh, stomach. And that was pretty funny, so. <laughs> it sounds funny. Do you think the main genre is comedy? Main genre? Uh, yeah, I do think it's uh, comedy and sort of family also. Hmm, I see. And what do you think the moral message of the story is, if there is any? The moral message of the story is that uh, many basic, like, classic stories from, like, old stories can be based off and be educational and fun for young kids at the same time. 
I see. And I know I talked about the editing, like how they chopped up episodes, but how's the transitions between each shot and each scene? I like that pretty well. That was that was fit really well. I liked it. Mm. And you talked a l- about humor at a little bit. Do you think your humor is unique, or has it kind of been there, done that? It's the thing. It's kind of been there, done that. Oh, I see. Hand, can you elaborate a little bit? I just feel like other shows have done humor like that. Hmm. All right. And do you think, did you learn anything from this? Because I know it's a little bit educational as well. Did I learn anything? Um, oh, did I? Um, I don't think I really learned anything. I need to go deep into that, but I don't think I learned anything. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors. And today we will talk about Petra's Planet, A Girl Like Her, and Blacks in Latin America, and Russell Madness. And right now we're talking to Clayton about, uh, sorry, about Clayton 1001 Nights, which is a kind of a TV show, and we're talking about how really there's nothing he learned, but even though it's meant for kids, 15-year-olds still like it, so that's good. So, now my next question is, what do you think the age rating for this is? The age rating, I think, is 5 through 10. And why would you give an age rating that is that? Because I feel like 10-year-olds could see it a different way than 5-year-olds. Like, 5-year-olds get the comedy and all the funny, more childish things, but the 10-year-olds could go deeper into the background and get the, like, educational stuff of it hmm and was it was it more fiction or was it more realistic like the physical of it like you know physical attributes like animals and everything like that was it more fairy tale or real life I feel like it was a little bit more fairy tale than real life because snakes are not like a hundred feet long that's true and the Kind of the talk between the characters and the interaction between characters. Is it also fairy tale or is it more serious? It's a little it's a little bit of both, but it's more fairy tale. Hmm. And can you explain more about how it's a little bit of both? Uh how's it uh, It's a little bit of fairy tale because the way that they dress and everything and how they talk and everything and it's the other way is because serious because it's like actual stories based on old Arabic literature so it's really you could take it serious on a different level hmm and that kind of leads me to my, my next question what do you th- was there any kind of cultural aspects you really liked about this film what do you mean cultural aspects if you could Kind of like, did you learn anything cultural about the Arabic society or anything like that? It's No, I don't think I... If I really thought about it, I think I could come up with something, but no, I don't think I did. Alright, and how many stars would you give this film? I would give this... Uh, three and a half stars out of five stars. And why is that? 
because why is it? I because I uh, said this before. I didn't really like the animation style, but everything else was pretty good. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this TV show. Thank you. And if you want to see this TV show, it is on TV and online. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. For a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. So now we have with us Jerry, and we are going to be discussing Russell Madness. So Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. How about you? I am doing very well. Thank you for telling me all about this wacky movie. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot and what it's all about? Well, pretty much what Russell Madness is about, it kind of it, it's made by the same people as Airbud actually. And Russell is a little puppy. He is orphaned. He's at he's at a kind of pet store waiting to be adopted. And he thinks he's not going to get a fo- a home, sorry, because he's about to be sent to the pound. So he escapes. The, he escapes the pet store and starts living kind of on the streets of the city, and completely by destiny, he meets the he meets a family who takes him in, and also completely by destiny, he accidentally start wrestles someone, a professional wrestler, and wins, and everybody is completely amazed, and he starts this wonderful career of being a dog wrestler. And wrestles a whole bunch of huge wrestlers. And it's really not just about Russell kind of wrestling. But it's also the bond with the family and also with the monkey. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. And like you said, just wacky story. <laughs> well, it sounds like a very interesting film. Especially because it does stick kind of to the same themes as Airbud, You know, with like the talking animals being all cool and whatnot. Um, and it seems like a really interesting 
idea and scenario that this orphaned puppy and a monkey would team up and become wrestlers. But you know what? That's what movie magic is all about, you know? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so what did you like about this film? I loved a lot of stuff. The humor was not too cheesy, so kids wouldn't find it cheesy, but not too serious that kids wouldn't enjoy it. It was just kind of right there in the mark where kids love it. And I have to say, even though I'm, of course, not a kid anymore, I've grew, grown up a little bit, I laughed a lot. There are some funny moments in it. And even the wrestling aspect of it was kind of enjoyable. And they made it look, well, the animals talking, it's kind of, a little bit fairy taleish, kind of made up, but still kind of yeah. serious. And a lot of morals and messages in the story hidden, which I absolutely loved. I think that's definitely important to make sure that, like, the comedy and the humor isn't, like, too cheesy and over-the-top, because, I mean, it is kind of an over-the-top idea and story, but the fact that they were able to make it um, not, like, too ridiculous, and the fact that, I mean, even though you're not, like, a little kid, you were still able to enjoy it, I think that's definitely bonus points for this film, because I have definitely seen a lot of films where they take, like, the whole talking animals doing human things a little bit too far. Um, so as you said that there are some morals and messages in this film, can you tell us a little bit about them? I can tell, yeah, there are a lot of things that, definitely one of the main messages is that family is always a before anything else, with either it's friends or fame or sports. Because once Russell gets to that point where he's all over the internet, all over the TV, he is one of the most famous around, which was unlike Airbud, where the dog was getting famous and he was getting known and on TV and everything. Russ Russell and his, kind of his dad, the dad in the family, the monkey, went on tours and stuff and left the family alone and at the end they realized that fame isn't everything and that fame isn't the most important thing in the world another moral i would say is that even if times are tough things will get better because russell thought he would never get a family and then boom out of the blue he gets this family and this monkey friend and everything mm-hmm well, and, and tell me a little bit about the acting, because I think that is definitely also very important, especially in a film such as this, where it is live action, but then you also have voiceovers for the animals, and the humans have to interact with the animals in a very specific way. So what did you think about the cast and the voiceovers and the acting in general? I thought the cast and the, the entire cast did fantastic and I just love the acting by everybody. I mean, the animals did fantastic. Of course, there were some CGI moments they had to do where yeah, Russell had to do flips and stuff. No dog can do that, sadly. <laughs> but um, the acting was wonderful. They played it a little cheesy, so it is a kid's film, but not too cheesy. That's just completely just too cheesy for you to bear. And I do have to mention Crystal the Monkey. The monkey trainer, I who, I, Crystal the monkey. <laughs> who I kept mentioning, was actually played by a real monkey named Crystal. And almost 90% of the time, it was Crystal, not CGI. Of course, when they did the voice, they had to edit that in and uh -huh. use CGI. But I just thought it was wonderful. They actually used a real monkey and a Hollywood monkey, too, Crystal. So I think out of all the actors, Crystal did the best job. 
<laughs> That's wonderful. I love that a monkey did the best. Crystal has been in so many movies, though. I like one day I want to be in as many movies as she's been in. <laughs> mm. Is that a silly goal to want to be as famous as a monkey? I don't know. Who knows? It is not. It is not. Everybody wants to be Crystal the monkey. Oh, absolutely. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and today we are talking about Russell Madness, Petra's Planet, Black and Latin America, and A Girl Like Her, and 101 Nights. So right now we are talking about uh, Russell Madness with Jerry, which is all about a orphaned Russell Terrier named Russell a punny, who meets up with a little monkey and a family and becomes a wrestler and is by the same people who produced Airbud. So it's kind of along the lines of that. And it is actually out today on DVD and Blu-ray and digital, so check that out. It sounds awesome. Um, So, Jerry, I hear that you actually got to stop by the set in Vancouver and check that out and meet some people. So tell us a little bit about that. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of cool people and Crystal the monkey. And it was actually kind of amazing because I went to the filming of one of the end scenes where they're in um, the stadium, the kind of family-owned wrestling stadium. And it was very cool because none of that was uh, CGI or designed in a computer. It was actually all built in a warehouse. And it was really cool to see it and walk around and really look like a wrestling stadium. And they did some cool tricks with extras, and it was just a lot of fun to also see kind of the animals work and they really were working the tr- those animals were truly amazing they really went where they're supposed to they stay where they're supposed to it was just amazing absolutely and who did you get to meet while you were on set with them i met a lot of the actors a lot of the kids actors i met i sadly did not meet the the dog and the dog trainer who played russell obviously But I did get to meet Crystal. I did get to meet Crystal and her trainer. That's so cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous of you. Was she awesome? She was awesome, and she stood on my soldier, uh, not soldier, shoulder, and she's just the cutest thing in the world, and so sweet, too. She's very calm, very happy, and I think she realized... she's professional. (laughs) Yeah, and I think she realizes, too, what's actually going on, and that she's a professional film actor. Well, yeah, I mean, there are so many studies about monkeys and chimpanzees and apes and whatnot, and they're so intelligent, and I think so many, like, animals are so much more intelligent than we give them credit for, and, like, they're able to, like, recognize themselves in mirrors, which is something that a lot of other animals, like, aren't able to do, and there's, like, so much cool stuff to the psychology behind, like, animals and their intelligence, and I think it's really cool to actually, like, start giving animals credit for how awesome they are so i think it's really cool that you were able to meet her oh i definitely agree it was <laughs> it was awesome i'm very lucky so i'm sure i already know the answer to this but who's your favorite character and why yes you do know the answer to this and it is crystal the monkey because i'm so shocked <laughs> i know you never expected it but the reason is more than just because she's awesome but she plays this role that's actually very important to the film. She plays the trainer who trains Russell to be this. And if it wasn't for Crystal, Russell would have never found the family and become a professional wrestler. So she's like, if she didn't exist, the movie would have never happened. So yeah. I just that's think she so is cool. a very important role and probably one of the most important. 
Um, so since this film is done by the same people who put on Airbud, and it's also directed by Robert Vince, how do you think they did with putting the whole film together and making it what it is? Um, well, I'm going to start with comparing it to older Airbud films. It is definitely different because uh, Airbud, he is an adult dog who kind of is a lot smarter, is not learning anything. He's very smart. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And that's more kind of growing up with them while this is just for kids and it is a kid's film. And actually, Airbud has no talking in it. The Airbud movies that are about the puppies do have talking, but Airbud has no talking with the animals. So that that's that. But um, directing-wise, I think they did wonderful for a kid's film because it is a kid's film at heart, and it looks like one, too. But they put in that little touch of Air Bud and kid's film and comedy and just came out wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I'm so glad you enjoyed it, and I'm sure our audience will as well. So, guys, make sure you check out Russell Madness. It is on DVD and Blu-ray and digital today, so make sure you check it out. It'll definitely warm your heart and bring a smile to people of all ages. Jerry, again, thank you so much. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. every week for the Paper Hope Street Team. None of our topics are off the table. This is a program that you can listen to and discuss with your family. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics you want to talk about, such as friendship and relationships, or some more controversial issues about sex, drugs, and underage drinking. Join the Paper Hope Street Team live every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. Let's talk soon. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you.
invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, you are Real tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about Brussels Madness and 1001 Nights. And next, we are going to talk about Blacks in Latin America with Justin. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. So can you tell us about this TV series? Yes, Black in Latin America. It's basically a, a film documentary that features a lot of uh, Caribbean countries such as Cuba, um, Haiti, and it speaks about how we're um, connected to African descent. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool because they actually went to these countries and um, to Haiti, Brazil, Mexico, Peru, um, the, the, the Dominican Republic. And they um, spoke with the people there. And a lot of the uh, people that live there didn't realize that um, they're connected to a lot of African descent. So that's why it's called Black in Latin America, because um, we're associated with them. Hmm. And do you have any interesting fact, like the most interesting fact that you learned? Yes. One of my uh, uh, interesting facts was in, um, I I, I believe it was in Haiti. Um, No, no, no. It was was Dominican Republic. I'm sorry. And basically, uh, it spoke about um, the the creator of the movie. His name is Henry Louis Gates. He's the creator and one of the producers. Um, And he's been doing these documentaries for years. But long story short... Um, the music and culture has uh, something to do with slavery. And I watched um, the uh, first, the movie is into two different uh, uh, discs. Uh, the first half and the second half have uh, the two different countries, but um, the four different countries. But um, he speaks about how uh, the culture and the music is, it, it goes way back when slavery existed in Brazil. And um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, when I listen to, you know, music on the radio, um, I have some friends who are from Brazil and um, the, the culture, I, I guess, I won't say the slaves uh, invented the, these, these uh, the culture there or like the music there, but I don't know if you guys know, but um, last month was Black History Month and uh, slavery is always brought up to the surface and hymns, I guess, you know what hymns are? Um, hymns and um, you know music was something that slaves did, and so slavery did once uh, exist in Brazil, and um, yeah, so the the music has uh, a connection to uh, um, slaves in Brazil. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm, that's very interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I love the movie. I, I think it was it was very to me it was educational because not a lot of people know about. Um, this kind of stuff, and honestly, it's not something that you think about every single day. Oh my god, I'm going to watch a documentary. Um, so I thought it was pretty interesting. Hmm. And I know the filmmaker, a very famous 
filmmaker Henry Gates Jr. How did he do? He did awesome. He did the hosting, and he also um, helped create the film. Um, but this is not his first one. He did a uh, he did a he did one in two thousand six. Um, so he's been doing these series for series for a long, long time. Um, this this particular film it aired on April um, of two thousand and eleven, but it just got released on DVD. I see. And do you think this is for anybody, any uh, certain culture, or is this for everybody? I think this is for everyone who is willing to learn. Um, you know, there. If we can be honest, I think young audiences wouldn't really enjoy um, knowing about this, only because it's not in their lane. You know, we like animations, we like action movies, um, but this particular film, I, I won't say it's it's for everyone. I think you would have to be willing to know about culture. You want to know about uh, where do you come from. And so uh, I think uh, younger audiences may think it's slightly boring, just a little bit. I see. And I know this um, this documentary went to a lot of different places. Mexico, Peru, Dominican Republic. What do you think was the favorite place they went to? My favorite was Dominican Republic and Mexico. And why is that? Um, uh, particularly with Dominican Republic, it, I, I think it, honestly, I think they shot more in, in, in Dominican Republic. Um, they went to, like, they went to coffee shops. They were in gift shops. They were, they were at different monuments and um, restaurants. And so um, it wasn't just, you know, something they did on a green screen or they were um, saying, hey, we're just going to, we're going to have a reporter standing in Dominican Republic and we're just going to, you know, talk with them like that. This film, they, they went there, you know, they went to these different countries. Um, I don't know how they did. They sent the crew out there, however they did. But um, yeah, I think Dominican Republic was one of my favorites. And they spoke, there's this one guy um, that they spoke with and hopefully uh, those who are listening, they can stop to see the review on it. But uh, there's this guy, he speaks about how, um, how, how the people there don't think they're, black um because negroes mm. once it, negroes once existed in dominican republic so yeah that was my favorite hmm, i see well that's a good choice you're listening to the voice america kids network i'm jerry ors and today we talked about russell madness and 1001 nights we will talk about a girl like her and we are talking about right now Blacks in Latin America with Justin. He was kind of talking about how the, his favorite place to visit was Dominican Republic and Mexico and how the people kind of didn't consider themselves black. So my next question is, how is the directing in the film? Um, a, can, uh, can you guys hear me? I want to make sure. Yeah, okay. yeah yes. we can hear you. The directing was great. Um, because it is a documentary, there's not much... I guess it is scripted to a certain degree, but it's not fully scripted. Um, it's uh, it's more of like, you know, man on the street type thing. But I'm sure the producers were like, hey, we want to interview you. And so, yeah, it was it wasn't really too like to uh, to way like, oh, my God, this is this is a scripted film. But um, it was organized. Hmm. Well, that's very good. And from a documentary perspective of it, do you think that they concentrate on documentary? Or do you think they kind of combined a little bit of film kind of aspect of it too? Yes, they did do a lot of package shots um, where they got video and a full package of video, film, uh, voiceover. 
So, uh, yeah. And do you think it kind of just, like, listed the facts to you, or do you think it told you a story? It told me... It was both facts and a story, but uh, primarily I think it was more facts. Hmm. I see. And what do you think your favorite scene is? My favorite scene uh, was visiting the different monuments. Uh, some people, um, like I, I've, I've traveled before um, to England and places like that, but um, in Europe, but I haven't gone to like parts of the Caribbean, and my family's from the Caribbean. I don't know why I haven't gone there yet, but... Um, the different monuments were pretty cool to see. Hmm, that does sound very cool. And I know you talked about and the shots last, a lot. Sorry, one go last, ahead. There's one of my other favorites. There was this scene where uh, there were these African drummers. Uh, like when whoever, when you guys watch this film, you guys would have to. The Dominican Republic, the Dominican, sorry, the Dominican people don't. They're not. You know, we know they're 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 Spanish. <laughs> but they're not black you know but they are they come from a, a black background so i just want to get that correct but there's a scene where they have these african drummers and that was kind of really cool because um you know it's like it was just something about to me it was like different people coming together and realizing that you know we're not so different as we seem you know hmm. that sounds very nice actually so, I know you talked a lot about cinematography shots, but do you have any shot you loved in favor or any shot you disliked? Um, no, I think the, the, the camera crew were really great on capturing everything. You know, um, I guess it's kind of like reality TV where there's cameras everywhere. So, they, they had cameras following, the, uh, following uh, Henry Louis Gates, um, you know, interviewing people, interviewing everything. So... Well, capturing everything. So I think the, the camera shots were were fine. Hmm, okay. And I know you said this is definitely not uh, meant for kids, but what do you think the exact age rating is and why? The definite age range. Um, I think it would be something great for ages, like, you know, middle, middle schoolers, so say around, like, you know, 11, you know, I'm 17, 11 to, you know, even as an adult, you know, 11 to up. But younger audiences, I don't, I don't think, would understand what this film is talking about. So if you're, if you're a six-year-old or seven-year-old, I don't think they would understand what exactly he's talking about. So I would say around 11 to, uh, you know, under, uh, under, I'm uh, sorry, 11 and up. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful documentary. Thank you so much. If you want to see this documentary, it is now available on DVD. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. 
The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids hey, First Coming Attractions first coming on the Voice America Kids channel. Another movie is coming up. Like her, and we have with us Jerry. And Jerry, why don't you tell us a little bit about this film? Thank you again for being with us. Of course. Well, A Girl Like Her is a bowling film that is made to look like a realistic documentary, and they did a fantastic job about that, by the way. And pretty much what it is about, it is about what is considered one of the greatest, well, yeah, one of the greatest public high schools in the United States. However, this is kind of doubted when a girl is bullied very horribly and for a very long time. And she tries to commit suicide and and finds herself in a coma. And if she will survive or ever wake up is unknown. Now, of course, investigation starts about the bully and who should be at fault for it. So they start doing some research and it is just kind of showing you what bullying can really get to. And is that and it's just not the victim that's affected. It's the victim's friends. It's the victim's family. It's the victim's friend's family. It's the bully. It's the bully's friends. It's the bully's family. It's the school. It's the school administration. Everybody's affected. Absolutely. And that's something that I think is so overlooked in cases of bullying, because it's not just between the the victim and the bully. It's It affects the entire community, and it, it affects everyone who knows the individuals. So it's not just, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, we should just, like, mind our own business and stay out of it. But it's like, no, this is all of our business. Like, it, if it affects the entire community, it's something that needs to be dealt with. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, this is technically a fictional story, but bullying is something that thousands and thousands and millions of people face on a daily basis. And so I think it's great that they were able to show this in such a realistic way. Um, So I understand that you are obviously very passionate about bullying and you have made your own um, films on the topic. So how do you think that this film does in addressing bullying and how do you think it's maybe a little bit unique um, from other films addressing the same topic? Well, it's very unique, uh, like I said, that is made to look like a realistic film because they did make it look very well like a realistic film. It's actually funny. I didn't know it was realist. I didn't know it was completely fake until I saw the trailers and it said that it was fictional. That's how good of a job they did. Mm-hmm. And I just I just think they did a fantastic job. The only thing I have to criticize is that, yes, we all know this is going on in life that people and kids are getting bullied and everybody's affected what should we do about it i believe there should have been a message at the end saying hey this is happening this is what you should do about this is who you tell and there was nothing like that so so it kind of just left it up to the audience to decide what to do after seeing the film instead of like blatantly telling them like hey this is a real problem yeah but I ha- do have to give them some credit because they did kind of show, like, since they made wrong de- wrong decisions, this happened. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times for people, 
it's difficult um, for them to be, like, told, like, what to do and how to do things, and I think a lot of times, like, when people watch, like, documentaries and informational videos, they get bored, which is such a shame, because, like, some of my favorite things to watch are, like, documentaries and informational videos and whatnot, but I think people are so used to, like, being entertained that it's kind of hard to get a message across to them unless they're being entertained, um, so I think it's, it's kind of smart, almost, for this film to be put out as, like, oh, it's just, like, this dramatic film, but subliminally, these people are, like, oh, messages, you know? Yeah, and they definitely, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. They definitely kept entertaining you, well, not in a good way, of course, right, but, of course, um, it does show a very dramatic story, not just for the victim, it does show the bully, because she starts off as the popular girl, you know, all of this, all of that, and then she goes into the stage of anger. She is so angry that she is accused, and then she realizes that she did this, and what do you feel when you did this, when you realized that you pr- can, you almost killed someone? And you didn't even know about it. So I I think that it is definitely dramatic the entire way. And I just, it is wonderful and does keep you entertaining. Well, not wonderful in a good way, of course. But it does keep you entertained till the end of the film. And it is just perfect trimmed, perfect timed. And every single thing in this film is necessary. Absolutely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and earlier in the show we have been talking about Russell Madness, Black and Latin America, and 1001 Nights, and right now we are talking about A Girl Like Her with Jerry, um, which is a film about bullying, and it is a fictional story, but it's done in a way that it seems um, like it's sort of found footage style. Um, which I think is very cool and a very cool concept. Um, so your last point about the fact that it does talk a little bit about the bully and how she starts off as this really like popular, perfect girl leads perfectly into my next question, which was, as, as I'm reading here about the film, you know, it is about this, this teenage girl who is being bullied by her former friend, um, who is now, you know, really popular and everybody sees her as this sort of like perfect person. And, and it almost seems like nobody necessarily believes the victim, Jessica, that she's actually being bullied by this girl because everybody believes her to be perfect. Um, so did you see that as a theme throughout the film? You know, I think I saw that as a theme, but quickly her kind of status, I guess you can say, in the popularity went downhill because people started to realize that it that she did it. Because at first they're like, well, they, they messed around. I think they realized what was happening. They just didn't want to say it because it would be a tattletale and all of that. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to include a little message If you ever see that going on in real life, our viewers, don't hide it. Don't think you're going to be called a snitch or that your popularity level is going to go down. Because what happened in this film can perfectly happen in real life. So I'm going to give you a message now. Tell somebody. Tell somebody to help them before something like this happens. And it is not fake. It is not stretched out to make it look hard. This is every single truth. And it can be happening at your school. I want you to look around the next day you go to school. See if there is bullying. Mm-hmm. 
So we've talked a lot about the bully and the victim, uh, these two girls. But as you mentioned earlier, it really uh, shows how bullying and events like this can affect the entire community. So um, what did you think about the other characters and aspects of the film other than just the two main um, protagonist and antagonist? Well, I definitely have to mention Jessica's best friend in the world, Brian, probably in the future if Jessica came out of the coma, Brian would have been the special one for her. But Brian, he is absolutely her best friend. And Brian actually plays a very important role in the film. Of course, we see how drastic this was for her because they're friends for like six, seven years since seventh grade. And now they're 11th and 12th grade. So they've been friends for almost their entire school, the school kind of career. So... They're very close friends, and then bam, Jessica leaves. But Brian is an avid filmmaker, so I like him. But <laughs> in all seriousness, f- Brian hooks Jessica up when he starts learning about this bullying this with a secret camera that looks like a pin, and he records every single second of the harassment and the bully. And later, they can prove that Avery, the bully, actually did do it. A couple of other honorary mentions is the family of Jessica. You can see the torments they go through and that it just does not affect the victim and the family is like, oh, whatever. But that it does affect them very drastically. And the mother, the father, the children, everybody. I mean, the mother barely ever left the the hospital and the little sister was completely devastated because she didn't... She was like five or six years old. She didn't know that something like this would happen father had to take care of everything at home so it just completely ruined their lives and i know i'm rambling a lot but there's just a lot to ramble about um oh ramble on ramble on (laughs) um there was they also kind of looked at the family of the popular girl which i thought was perfect a perfect idea and it was kind of interesting to see how the mother was quick to protect it and I have another message. I'm so sorry for putting all these messages. But oh, please, send, send messages away. <laughs> this is a message for the mothers. If your kid is accused of something before quickly saying, oh, this is my perfect angel, they would never do anything like that. They may be your perfect angel, but before you quickly go to that point, look at the evidence and see if that... This is, may not just be someone saying lies to make someone look bad. This may be the actual truth. Absolutely. And I think a lot of parents do get into the mindset of like, my child would never be able to do anything like that. Or even if they know that their child did do something wrong, I think a lot of parents will often try to protect their children. But it's almost hurting the child more to not be like, hey, you made a mistake, you did something wrong, step up and deal with it, you know? Because I think that's how the cycle continues if kids know that they can just get away with things and that they're never going to get in trouble. So I think it's almost more detrimental for parents to allow their children to get away with things like that. So I think that's very honorable that, um, that you know, this film went into depth about all of these different aspects of bullying. And as I said, it's not just between the two people that um, the occurrences are happening between uh so this film definitely does seem like it has a lot of mature content so what age rating would you recommend it for you know i'm gonna go very young here because now parents may 
I'm I'm sorry, this may sound a little bit rude, but parents may try to highlight the truth that the world is a, can be a very ruthless place or a happy place, whatever you make it. But if you are a parent who wants to hide your child and hide your child from that, and I, I completely understand and not my child, you can do what you want. But um, if, the, if you are one of those parents, do not show your child this film because this does show you what is really going on in the world and that this can really happen. However, I think younger kids, like maybe even 9, 10 years old to 18, should see this film because this really does show you that bullying can go to extensive levels and how many people affect and that it is not right to tease someone just because they're different or unique. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for talking to us all about this film, and it's definitely very important to get it out there. So, guys, make sure you check it out. It is out on March 27th. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. You can experience more Kids First fun, watch our film reviews, find out how you can become a part of the Kids First family, and see your favorite up-and-coming film critics by going to www.kidsfirst.org. And make sure you check out our blog on the Huffington Post. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions, produced by Kidstar, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week. My name is Lily Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Star Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish.
Wisp Pops from the Kidstar album of the month. 